Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today is Friday, October the 28th. This is episode 118, I believe. And I've got a really great interview today. This is the, the girl that's going to come on the podcast this morning is someone that I have known since she was a little tiny baby girl. And she's been very special to both my wife and I. And we've, I've already done the interview. It's a really great chat. Uh, this is this girl's name is Lexi Miller. You're gonna love some of the things she has to say, and I would encourage you just to go follow her on Instagram for the little motivational quotes that she posts on a quite regular basis. Um, she's someone that has gone through quite a few, um, you know, hard things in life, and she is working hard to become everything that God made her to be. And when we stay stuck in our traumas and in the things that we've gone through, you know, we can't fulfill the potential that God gave us. But Lexi is doing everything she knows how to do to fulfill that potential. You're going to love this interview. She's she's a really awesome girl. Go find her, follow her. The topic that we're talking about today is loving the little things through the big storms of life. And she says that by focusing our attention on what nurtures and sustains us in life, on everything that brings you even the smallest amount of pleasure, it also means practicing gratitude by noticing these things every day that you take for granted so easily. And it makes the storm smaller and easier to find your way out. Now, Alexi, you, you told me here, you said, I've had my share of big storms that just seem to come in waves. And it felt like I was being dragged out to sea farther and farther. And then I'd find something as small as a verse in the Bible or a smile from a stranger, and I was able to find my way back. You have to choose life or death, is what a counselor told you. And then you found the little things to keep going. You were able to see some of the good things life had to offer. And I know we'll get into some of that, but before we go deep into that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, and kind of what got you through life to make Lexi who she is today? Okay. So, um, well, I'm Lexi. Um, just a couple things about me. You know, um, I've always been like the person, just my go-to thing. And that's just my personality, I guess. I've been told I'm having an old soul just and just things like that and like um what else what else i love making jokes anything and everything is a joke to me i can make it into a joke easy peasy (laughs) yeah so like just uh do you do you tend to bring out jokes in a serious situation to lighten the mood or like what kind of situation tends to bring out the jokes in you um, it can be like super serious things. And like, just for me personally, like I know like, it helps like, if somebody would just like lighten the mood because it could be, I don't know, like whatever topic it is could be like really serious. And, you know, just like a simple joke about, oh, like you stumbling and falling, whatever. It, it can just kind of like, really help them just to be like, okay, yeah, that's funny. It just helps them lighten the mood and just makes it better. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about 
young Lexi, seven, eight, nine, 12 years old. And kind of what are some of the things in life that you enjoyed that brought the spark to your eye that, that made you light up back when you were a kid? Okay. Well, that's a ways back, but <laughs> I think some of the things were just, I love singing. Singing was my everything. So singing, yeah, just playing tag, being rambunctious, honestly, I was energy. My energy was through the roof when I was a kid. You were an ornery, were you? Were you a troublemaker? Sometimes I could be. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And, oh, what else did I do? I did a lot of coloring. Coloring and singing were like my go-to things. Yeah. Awesome. How Have you kind of carried that through to, I mean, would you call yourself an adult now? Yes, I would. You're old enough, but sometimes some of us tend to stay uh, in our childhood a little longer than we should. And and that's not always bad, but like, it's not fun to grow up before you're ready to. But sometimes there's events that happen to us or circumstances that just make you have to grow up. I mean, you still have to maintain the the childhood love of fun and joy and, and all of those things. So today, what are some of those things that bring you joy now? Um, so I work at a daycare now, and I'm going to have to say some of the kids there, they bring a lot of joy just because, I mean, everybody is so different. And like they just bring out little things throughout the day to make your day better. So that would be one. And then my puppy, Cooper. Mm. what kind of puppy do you have i'm an australian shepherd oh man yes yeah you need a golden retriever i know i do i know where you can get one. Oh yeah i've seen them on your face <laughs> you need to come see him i promise you won't go home without one <laughs> these days uh, you mentioned daycare what uh i'm sure you have some interesting stories from daycare is there is there anything that stood out to you recently that just kind of blew your mind or made you laugh or anything? Um, hmm. So I think, but what, this was a couple of weeks ago, I think, but I had a kid who, no, we, I started dance classes with him and last week. So is we, that you teaching dance class or are you taking him to dance class or? I teach him dance. Okay, cool. I didn't, I didn't know you taught dance. That's cool. That's a cool little side note. <laughs> So we were dancing and then all of a sudden this little boy goes, he goes, Miss Lexi or Miss Exy, I need to go potty. And I go, okay. Like just go to the bathroom. He goes, um, no, it's on the floor back there. And I go, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, So did you have to clean it up? (laughs) No, somebody else I was helping me had to clean it up, but it's just, it's little things like that. that They're just like, okay. Like the bathroom was right there. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's, uh, things like that. Um, you either have to laugh or cry and it's, it's just better to laugh it through, laugh through it. Cause in, in 10 years, is it going to matter? You're, you're going to look back on it and, and laugh at that point. And, and maybe if you still know the kid, you can say, Hey, remember the time you peed on the dance floor? <laughs> uh, so what, I'm sorry, were you starting to say something? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. What are, what are some things that you do when you're not babysitting? Like, how do you enjoy spending your time if you're not coloring or singing or babysitting? Um, honestly, I do a lot of sleeping. You know, it's, yeah. if I'm not 
of that, I'm just, I get kind of pretty lazy or <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So you daycare, color, sleep, I guess you, I mean, sing, do you still do those things or have you left those behind? Um, I've left, I've left the coloring behind, you know, just because I was like a way for me to cope through everything. So now it's yeah. like, now really. you just sleep it through. <laughs> is the daycare is that a uh is that a full-time job or do you have anything else going on no full-time full-time yes wow that's uh that's a lot of time around kids yeah <laughs> uh, does, does it make you um how how does that affect how you look at your own future do, does it make you not want kids for your future or make you like excited about it? Or do you see things that maybe you would do, do as a parent to like, you want to grab and shake the kids or, or like, how does, how does that make you feel about your future? Um, in the beginning, like I was like pretty excited for kids and you know, I've, it's no, I'm no stranger to kids. So yeah. I was like, okay, you know, I could handle anything. And there are days where I'm like, okay, as a parent, I would be doing this a whole lot different. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's things you can't do at the daycare that you would probably do as a parent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure most parents would not want their daycare person disciplining the child, even though they might need it. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm sure there'd be some uh, maybe some troubles there or things like that. <laughs> do you foresee yourself staying in the daycare long term? No, I leave in yeah. January. Oh, you leave in January. What's what's coming up in January? Um, I start. I, I'm going back to college. Going back to college. Awesome, awesome. Do you have a major or something that you're going for? Um, I kind of have maybe two. I think that I want to do. How do so, you go about making that decision? Uh, it's very hard. Very hard. Yeah. I have a lot of life skills and like people skills. So it's hard for me, at least it was hard narrowing it down to a job that I could fit all of those into. Gotcha. Yeah, that can be tough. I, I can see that it can be tough <laughs> for sure. Are you ready to get serious? Huh? Yes. Are you ready to get serious? Go dive into the questions you sent me. Sure. Okay. Um, that was kind of a big transition there, wasn't it? <laughs> you talked about, um, some big storms in life and feeling like you were being dragged out to sea. What was some, what were some things that helped you navigate through that? Like how, how did you, how did you cope with some of the things that happened to you? What was it that took, carried you through that? Um, I'm going to say the first thing I'm going to say is just like how much I believed in God and having my Bible. Like that, mm. that was it. Like, and through, I don't know, like 20 years, I guess, in my life, I've clung to Psalms 23. That's been my rock through everything. But then if you go like outside of that, it would be, I had my counselor and I've had, I've been in counseling about 10 years, maybe. And so like, if I wouldn't have had like that and learning like the coping skills and just kind of navigating through like, oh, this is what makes me feel this way or this, and this is what makes me feel like I'm being dragged out more. It was very nice to have those type of things. Yeah. Was there ever any, um, 
kind of a stigma that, that went along with going to a counselor? There was. I mean, at first I was really resilient because I was like, well, I can take care of my own problems. And like, that's just, that's how I was raised. Like, we don't need to talk to counselors. That's weird. That's mm-hmm. And so when my family first found out that that's what I was doing, they're like, okay, that's a little bit weird. Like, you must be pretty messed up in the head to think that way. But they soon realized, like, oh, it's just kind of whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely helps to have somebody to to talk to about things. And if somebody is trained to help you work through issues, why not get help, you know, rather than stay stuck in it? So I'm proud of you for that. That's that's great. <laughs> um, back up just a little bit. You you said that um, leaning on your faith in God and the Bible, what did that look like um, in the everyday application of it? I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about faith and, and they have the Bible and and all of that. But then when it actually, when the rubber meets the road, they don't really spend a lot of time praying or reading the Bible. I know I can do better at that as well, but how, how did that work out in, in your life at that time? Was that something that was a constant for you or that you, like you stayed there constantly, or was it something that when you would have a moment, you'd run back to it? Talk through that just a little bit, if you, if you will. So, um, I'll back it up to like freshman year, like to sophomore year. I did a lot of like, I read my book, like not the book. I read the Bible when I kind of remembered, or I would pray when it felt, I guess, convenient for me. And I just, I was very on and off and I was, it was rough through that, those years. And then it wasn't until my, what was it, junior to senior year that I actually started, you know, reading my Bible every day and really just started, I started listening to Christian music again. And that's when I just kind of dove, dive, dove into it more. Mm-hmm. And I took a lot of notes over like my verse that I, like t- Psalms 23, like I, that's, if anything, that was, the only verse I would read over and over again in the Bible through those years. Yeah. And, and what was that one? Um, Psalms 23. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You probably know that by heart by now. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I think um, a, a lot of, for a lot of us, that was like the first thing you memorized growing up. So I'm sure that was there for you as well. Um, you mentioned seeing a counselor. Were there other people also that helped kind of carry you through those hard times? Kind of gave you a, a little beacon or a guiding light? Yes. So I'm going to say you and Miss Miss Carmel were my ultimate like people that I would love to talk to you about everything. And you and um, Gene and Sharon, when I was growing up, were like, ultimately like some of like my hardcore like rocks like I don't know when I was over at you guys' house that you guys were the first was the first time I ever experienced like love or affection or anything like that and so I, I've carried that on till now honestly wow that's awesome I love it that's so good how did uh I, I know we didn't talk about this but 
Do you think some of those feelings, and and tell me if you don't want to go here, do you think some of those feelings came from having been adopted as a child? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me a little about that. Like, what what is that like? Um, It honestly depends on, like, what age you are. Like, when you're younger, you think it's, like, this great grand thing. Like, oh, you were adopted. Like, it's the first time in your life that you felt like you had this family that wanted you. And then by your teen years, it's like, oh, it's a curse. Like, if this family didn't want me or and this family doesn't want me, then it's, you're just in, like, this really rough spot. And mm-hmm. you go to Dark Valley. And, like, now that I'm, like, I'm coming out of my teen years, you know, I'm an adult. And I'm thinking, like, it is a good thing. But I also have to really be on myself about it's okay like to think that it it's not okay to be adopted. It's okay to love being adopted and you just gotta focus on the good part of it. Yeah. You have to you find the people that love you for who you are. Exactly. For sure. For sure. What are some things that, that you're proud of on your journey, kind of working through some of those things and maybe some of the stuff that you've accomplished through all of that despite the things that you've gone through um honestly i'm surprised that i like not surprised one of my biggest accomplishments is i don't know like two years ago i went through like this really dark suicidal like really bad part of my time so i'm glad to say that i'm here now and like i'm living life you know going through the phases or whatever and then like another accomplishment would be I have this huge book of poems that I've either written or poems that have really that drew me out of like that dark phase, I would say. So I think that is one of my ultimate accomplishments. Do you have them with you? You can share one with us. One of your favorites. Um, I don't. At the moment. I should have thought of that, but I don't. <laughs> oh, well, that would be cool. That would be awesome. I can so what are, how's that? I can send you them. Oh yeah, that would be cool. That'd be really cool. What are some things that you would tell yourself to to help you get through that? Like, um, you know, we we all get in our heads sometimes, and and that our self talk can either be a positive thing or a negative thing. And I know when when you're in a negative space, it's super hard to tell yourself good things. It, it's hard enough to tell yourself good things when you're in a good space because <laughs> it, it's, it can be hard to believe good things about yourself. I know. But um, what are, how did you kind of get yourself in a good mental space? And what are some of the things that you would tell yourself to help boost you through that? Um, I mean, it's going to sound cliche because everybody tells you it, but um, one of the biggest things was, It'll, it'll end soon or it'll all be worth it later on when you grow up. And if I had to really cling to that. And there were times where I didn't want to like that to me saying like when somebody would say that to me, it was like, they were really just punching me in the stomach and just being like, cause mm-hmm. it's a nice life or whatever. And I would just be like this gut punch. And I'd be like, Oh, why would you say that? But then you have to really think and be like, and I did a lot of like overthinking like that phrase or like writing it out. And I was like, okay, I, I get it. Like it's, it's going to end soon. And I won't, I won't be in this same spot five years from now. Yeah. So, 
it it doesn't make it easier in the middle of it though does it no no i i think a lot of times those those sayings come from people who haven't experienced whatever it is you're going through oh yeah and and they can't they can't imagine maybe the pain or the hurt or or whatever the situation is and so they think they have to say something Mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's not what the person needs to hear. I'm sure that's giving you some insight into how to how to help other people who who've gone through similar things as you. <laughs> what what do you think little Lexi or younger Lexi needed to hear in that time? What what would have been some good things to have said to someone who who maybe faced some of the trials or trauma that you did? Um, I'm going to go with like, as a kid, I just wanted somebody to listen to me. I wanted them to fully grasp, I guess, like the feelings that I felt, the words that I was saying. And I just needed somebody just to hold me and say like, it was going to be okay. Like, I know a lot of people did say it, but it didn't seem like they really meant it. Like as a little kid, I needed somebody just to like, just pick me up and squeeze me as tight as they could and be like, you know what? you're going to be okay. You're, you're a strong person. And like, I don't know, I needed somebody to hear that. And I still am that way. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Why didn't you give up? Um, to me giving like as much as I wanted to give up and there was a lot of time I wanted to give up, but I knew that, if I gave up, I would be leaving behind my dad. I'd be leaving behind all my best friends to deal with the thought of Lexi not being here anymore. And then that, and I wouldn't be able to see the adult version of myself and like where God was going to take me. So I couldn't give up. What do you see the adult version of yourself as? I don't know. Somebody that is, I don't know. She's out there just living life to the fullest, very happy, either a stay-at-home mom or working in the restaurant that I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is your your ultimate thing that you want to do, is that working in a restaurant, having your own restaurant? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So how how are you working towards that right now? That's a great question. I feel like me personally, I feel like I'm doing a lot of backstepping, but then like, I don't know, like working at a daycare, you wouldn't think that would lead you to like owning a restaurant or like anything like that, but it's teaching me patience because little toddlers and sometimes adults, we can act the same. Over <laughs> If you don't get what you want. <laughs> uh, yes. You get somebody's order wrong, they're bound to throw a fit like a toddler would. <laughs> yes, they will. So it's just little things like that. And it's like, okay, like I have to really focus on like that aspect and like just it's teaching me patience. It's teaching me kindness and like okay, like as mad as it as irritated as I am now, it's not worth it. Like I'll just go fix your food, like whatever, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Anything you would say to somebody who is maybe in a situation like you, you, you've come through in your life, who's faced some of the things you've faced? 
Um, I think first you take, yeah, I would, I would listen a lot. Like, they really need somebody to hear them before they just, like, as much as you can say, like, you sympathize and are really, like, you know how they feel. Well, in that moment, you don't want to say that. Like, right. you, hey, I hear you. Just let it all out. First, just let it all out. The screaming, the ranting, everything, just let it all out. And then you want to give them a hug and then you can just, you can share like little things that you went through, but don't make it, don't flip this, like what they're telling on to just yourself. Right. Yeah. Don't one up them for sure. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Lexi, this has been, this has been a good talk. I'm glad you came on the podcast and <laughs> I, I know on your Instagram and, and I think maybe on Facebook, you post a lot of inspirational stuff. I um, tried. Yeah, it, it's really good. I, I enjoy seeing your posts. What uh, do you have? Kind of some people that you're trying, or a uh, is there a an audience that you're trying to reach with with your message that you put out? Yes, very much so. So, like for me, I find it hard, like even on a good day, to like. I mean. A lot of, honestly, like, just self-loving and, like, there's, like, a, from, like, what is a good age to start? Like, 14, even further down than that to, like, you're 20 or however old you are. Like, we don't really think, like, self-love is important until it's, like, those dark hours at night and we're just getting in our heads and it's just awful. So, I think yeah. I that audience. And like mm-hmm. anybody that's, I don't know. I, I kind of connect to people that I don't know have been like really abused or things like that. So it just, my Facebook just kind of draws them in, I guess. And I just try to be that one person to hear them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing the, the difference it can make when you can see yourself in the same light that God sees you in. Mm-hmm. Because, it's it's easy to hate yourself for things that have happened to you because you feel like you're worthless. Oh yeah. I think all of us feel that from time to time. I'm sure some struggle a lot more with it than others do. But when you can see that God loves you, that you're worth fighting for, then then it's it really shifts maybe how you feel about yourself. Like if if God is going to love me, then I guess I should love me enough to, you know, do what I can to make the most out of my life. So it's really, it's really a mind shift there. So that's, that's good. I'm, I'm impressed. I will definitely put your link to your Instagram in the show notes Mm -hmm. and um, I appreciate it. This has been a fun chat.